Welcome to the ILO Employment Podcast Series, Global Challenges, Global Solutions, The Future of Work. I'm your host, Tom Netter, and today we're going to talk about innovative employment policies in a changing world of work. We all know that our world is changing rapidly. Major geopolitical, technological, and climate change, along with globalization and economic uncertainty, are buffeting the world of work. The challenge is whether these drivers of change will lead to a situation where the most vulnerable people and countries will be left behind. But as with all challenges come opportunities, opportunities to find a new path, a new approach to improving people's livelihoods, and making economies grow sustainably and produce decent and productive jobs. To achieve sustainable and inclusive development, we need innovative policies that ensure people can manage opportunities and the adverse consequences of transitions in a changing world. So how should we go about this in times of multiple and overlapping crises? And what has the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the world of work taught us about how we formulate policy and deliver it effectively? A recently launched knowledge sharing and technical assistance platform called the Employment Policy Action Facility, or EPATH, provides a new starting point brings together all the ILO's tools in one place for advice and guidance on policy in a way that policymakers and other stakeholders at the country level can adapt to their unique needs and realities. Here to tell us more about this are two senior ILO experts from the ILO's Employment Policy Job Creation and Livelihoods Department, Cher Varick, Acting Chief Employment, Labor Markets and Youth Branch, and Alina Shea, Senior Specialist, Employment and Poverty Diagnostics. Cher, Alina, welcome to the program. First, we talk a lot about a future of work that's inclusive and equitable and provides people with the opportunity to access more and better jobs. At the same time, we also see the world is facing multiple challenges or crises that require changes in how we do things. So in this context, what are the challenges to formulating policies and how exactly can policies take us in the right direction? Let's start with uh, Cher. Thanks, Tom. It's good to be back on the program. So indeed, uh, we're facing today multiple and overlapping crises. We had the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we still have the cost of living crisis. And then we have the existential crisis of, of climate change. And on top of that, we're experiencing a rapid digital revolution. And really what is key is to try to connect the dots and ensure that we put uh, people at the center of development efforts. But this really makes it challenging to formulate policies. So it's really in this context that we cannot spend years designing the perfect intervention in a top-down way. So just think, a policy from uh, 2019 is not going to be relevant today, even from, from last year, given the changes that we have uh, seen. So what we really need are policy approaches that are continuously changing at the country level, and even recognizing the changes within countries. So for that, we need a more flexible approach where we look at employment as part of a holistic and a comprehensive policy framework. This means working, uh, Tom, with governments, social partners, that means the trade unions and employer organizations and other stakeholders to put in place adaptive policies that answer to the current needs. Now, this is not just about formulating a policy and putting a policy on paper. What is absolutely critical is how we can link policies to strong implementation mechanisms and adequate finance. And these are really key to moving policies in the right direction. Sure. Thanks for that. Um, now, you've launched recently 
the Employment Policy Action Facility, or I'll call it EPAF for short. Without getting into too many details about structure and functionality, what makes this online tool different? Who is it aimed at, and how does it help create or reform policies that actually work? Elena? Well, EPAF is called an action facility for a reason. It was developed to facilitate action at the country level, and the aim is to provide the political decision makers, planners, uh, social partners with what they need and when they need it. So uh, we have spent quite some time to select the key resources, up-to-date material, and the uh, evidence that would be most helpful to guide the action at the country level. So this is not a repository of absolutely everything you could find online on these topics uh, made over the years, but we have carefully selected the uh, material that we think would be most useful for different stakeholders at different stages of the process. So what the facility provides is recent country studies, key tools and, and guidelines, and it also provides lessons learned from other countries on how they went about modernizing their policy approaches, how they tackle different uh, issues, so that the users can get a feel of the process and pick the information that they need in different country contexts. So the EPATH then provides easy access to up-to-date information on the current hot topics and allows the users to then dig deeper into their selected uh, areas of, of choice. So that's pretty much the value added. So, Tommy, if I can just come in uh, and add a few points on, on the second two questions, or the last two questions, rather, in terms of who it's aimed at. Uh, as Alina pointed out, it's really about our constituents, as we call them. That means the governments social partners, the representatives of workers and employers, and other development partners and stakeholders, but also critically ILO colleagues, because these are really the two pathways we see EPAF working, one directly from our constituents, and secondly, uh, through our offices around the world and our specialists in the field in terms of the support they both need. I'll give you one example. Just last week, we were contacted by an island uh, in the Caribbean who through EPAF has asked us for support on employment diagnostics, and now we're taking steps to engage with them based on the material and the functionalities that we've put there on the portal uh, to work with them on how, how best to respond to their needs. So as Alina said, we really want to provide evidence and good practices to push for reforms that will lead to better outcomes. I would also stress it's, also, it's about linking to other ILO resources that exists, such as the ILO Employment Policy Gateway, because this is a key feature of EPAF. It's, it's acting as a portal to bring all the different evidence to bear. And finally, I would just add that uh, we're developing it further. We're engaging with our uh, training center in Turin on the establishment of a community of practice that will facilitate this going forward. Thanks. Uh, thanks to both of you. That's very clear. Now, to elaborate on this, how will this new facility help policymakers develop their policies that help tackle the key issues of concern? And what are some of those issues? In other words, how can they implement and I guess tailor what's available on the facility to meet their unique needs? For example, the transition to greener, more resilient and inclusive societies. Uh, Elena. So the uh, facility takes a modular approach to its offer. 
that allows the different users to select the topics and pieces of the puzzle that they need and then build the puzzle according to uh, so that it answers uh, to the questions that are relevant in the contents. Uh, quite a lot of those questions are currently about the uh, green transition that you just mentioned. And here we are doing new research to dig deeper into those topics. So quite recently, uh, we were engaging with the government of uh, Fiji, where they are thinking about uh, employment policies, but not in a traditional sense anymore. So they are not interested in getting a static policy only on employment issues, as the country is currently facing uh, climate risks and hazards that are very tangible in their realities. So our colleagues engaged there to provide a more uh, systemic approach and integrate climate risks into their uh, employment analysis as a basis for more accurate and uh, relevant policymaking. And what the facility then does is we have recorded uh, videos and and, uh, documented that experience from Fiji so that other countries can learn from their approach and then take it forward uh, in, in other countries. We're also doing a more substantive work to um, provide new guidelines for digging deeper into the interlinkages between employment dynamics and uh, climate and environmental change. So we are developing new guidelines for green uh, employment diagnostics that we are currently piloting in Mozambique. And uh, both the new guidelines and the country study will be made available in the facility towards the Uh, latter part of the year. So we are updating the content uh, as we go along, responding to the needs that we see and hear from the countries. Thanks uh, for that, Alina. Now, um, can we actually help shape employment policies that create good jobs in today's changing world of work and that assist countries in promoting labor market recovery and other processes that will usher in a new and better future of work? Also, how can the launch of this facility support the implementation of the UN's Global Accelerator on Jobs and Social Protection for Just Transitions in Countries. Cher, I think you wanted to address this. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Let me deal first with your uh, question about uh, shaping employment policies, uh, because this is really critical to uh, the approach taken through IPAF. So as already mentioned, it is based on a comprehensive policy framework that seeks to promote full and productive employment through integrated measures. And here, what I you know, want to stress, it's, a, it's about measures that uh, affect the supply side, as we say. So that means skilling, active labor market programs, employment services, but critically also on the demand side. And that means fundamentally measures that support the creation of jobs. And that really is one of the key challenges in, in most developing countries. So in terms of shaping policies, what we are pushing for through EPAF and the overall ILO approach on, on employment policies is an integrated comprehensive package that looks at the supply and demand, but also issues around access and quality of employment, which are at the heart of what the ILO promotes in terms of decent work. But I would also then you know, return to the issue of implementation, uh, because in terms of actually shaping employment policies, what is critical is to have this link to the right mechanisms to support implementation. So here we have a focus in the path on coordination and on financing, which is really 
a fundamental challenge today, given the high levels of debt distress we see, see around the world, which is really constraining developing countries, particularly the low-income economies, on investing uh, through policies in areas that will lead to the creation of more indecent uh, employment. So, you know, this is why EPAF is important because it provides insights on both sides of supply and demand and really looking at the different entry points within those in terms of how an employment policy within this comprehensive framework can make a difference. So uh, let me give you know, an example here. Uh, Sri Lanka, which is a country we're currently supporting, as you would know, is a country that's suffering from multiple crises, uh, most recently an economic crisis. And here, if you look at the recovery needs, it's about connecting issues from social protection side to the job creation side in terms of which sectors can really lead to uh, the generation of employment, to entrepreneurship, but also the role of education and skills and other programs to facilitate that process. So this is really critical for all countries, but also in a crisis setting when you're looking at promoting recovery. Now, let me then come to the second question about the Global Accelerator on Jobs and Social Protection for Just Transitions. So indeed, EPAF is in a good uh, situation to support uh, the implementation of the Global Accelerator because of this integrated approach we take, which is very much the uh, focus of the, the Global Accelerator as well in terms of connecting measures on the job side with the social protection side in the context of promoting uh, just transition. So EPAF will act as an important input in getting the evidence, the tools and guidance needed for developing such, such an approach that is being promoted by the Global Accelerator. But I would just then finally stress that the facility itself is also uh, an initiative that can act on its own and, and, and support countries as it's been set up to in terms of their formulation and implementation of employment policies. Thank you, Cher, for putting that into context. Now, finally, um, we can't discuss employment policies in a vacuum. Rather, they need to be examined, reviewed in line with our ultimate goal of social justice. So uh, can you explain how this might work and what role employment policies and the facility, the EPAF, could play in advancing social justice? Alina. So if we take a step back from all the tools and guidelines and studies, the overall objective of our work is to promote human-centered development and to ensure that uh, women and men have access to full, uh, productive and freely chosen employment. That is not just because it's the mandate of the ILO. We know that being able to earn a decent income and to be able to contribute to the society through your employment is the single most effective way to reduce poverty and ensure that people have means to provide for themselves and, and for their families. So in order for us to get there, uh, we need to ensure that women and men who are willing and able to work have the necessary skills and, and uh, assets and are able to look for jobs, but also that there is the enabling environment for job creation, as, as uh, Shea was discussing earlier. And it's through the design and implementation of, of policies that we can create this type of enabling environment, incentives and regulatory environment that allows that positive process to, to happen. And that's a way to induce the number and increase the quality uh, of jobs that are on offer and allow people to access these jobs and earn a decent living. Uh, and through that, lift themselves out of poverty and improve their living standards. So 
what the work on comprehensive employment policies or, or the facility ultimately boils down to is uh, tackling the deficits of uh, productive employment that we see all over at the moment and to ensure that people have access to decent jobs and that uh, through the productive employment we can reduce poverty and inequality and uh, in the end that is at the core and center of achieving our higher goal of uh, social justice. Alina, thank you very much for making uh, making that very clear. Um, so at the end of this podcast I'd just like to say to Alina and Cher thank you very much for that very interesting uh, overview of the uh, EPATH, making a very complex subject understandable and showing how it works. It's been said that the value of the ILO's expertise can be measured by how it delivers in the countries it serves. The Employment Policy Action Facility is a big step in that direction, applying a new paradigm for policy formation in a more effective way that works, adapted to country-specific circumstances based on global evidence. It's early days yet, but initial indications are that we're on the right track. And along the way, we may be heading toward policy measures that will improve people's livelihoods and, we hope, help advance the quest for social justice. I'm Tom Netter, and you've been listening to the ILO Employment Podcast Series, Global Challenges, Global Solutions, the Future of Work. For more on this, go to www.ilo.org slash employment. Meanwhile, thank you for your time.